The scripture this morning is from the 11th chapter of Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Kelly. Grace and peace to you all this morning. I tend to be conflict avoidant. And so when our next door neighbor's tree extended its branches over the power line running to our house, my plan was to ignore it and hope that it would just stop growing. Well, soon the branches entangled themselves with our cables and a strong breeze would tug at the wire so hard that we thought it might snap. My husband thought this would be an opportunity for my personal development, and so he pushed me out the front door to ask them to cut the tree down. A couple after the first service told me that you can just call Excel. <laughs> I didn't know that, so... I awkwardly stumbled my way through an explanation, and a couple days later, their friend arrived, chainsaw in hand. Victory! Ryan and I loved the new patch of sunlight in our backyard. We went out and we bought a plum tree to grow there. Things were looking up. That is, until this August. Our plum tree lost its sunlight because there, growing behind the fence, were four thin yet very sturdy shoots covered in foliage, easily 10 to 15 feet high. The tree was back. The very thing that had been cut down, defeated and forgotten, had found new life and was boldly 
putting itself forth and making itself known in the world again. It turns out that dead trees, they're kind of persistent. Perhaps this is why the prophet Isaiah chose to compare God's coming rain with a shoot that emerges from a stump. His writings in the Bible cover the time period when his people were cut down, exiled from their homeland, humiliated by a foreign empire, tossed around without care by powers that be. He knew what it was to watch a mighty tree fall. He knew what it was to be a stump. And yet, in the midst of this trauma and tragedy, Isaiah and the other Israelites found something surprising happening. Rather than feeling God's abandonment, they sensed that God was nearer to them there in their stumpiness than God had been before. They felt with clarity that God's Spirit was resting on them, empowering them, helping them persist, giving them the strength they needed each day as they felt this unexpected surge of hope rising within them. There was no logical reason for this. The world that they saw around them was crumbling. Their lives that they were living were way off kilter. But this reality that they saw with their eyes seemed less real than this vision that God was planting and growing deep within them, even in their bones. This vision of wholeness and fairness and peace that we heard read to us today. And this vision that God gave them, it wasn't just for themselves and their people and their time. Isaiah and the Israelites sensed that the spirit that was helping them wasn't just there to take care of their individual needs. They were in touch with a spirit that was so strong that it would one day transform the whole world. They sensed and believed that the source of their resilience and persistence and hope would one day overpower every force that stood in its way, and the earth would be full of its presence like waters that cover the sea. This was God's spirit rising among them, sprouting forth like a shoot off of a dead stump, abundant life in an unexpected place. It must have felt foolish for them to dream dreams this big in the middle of their stumpiness, much less write them down. But this is the nature of God's spirit among us. It does not wait for us to be in a place of strength or readiness, 
It does not regard the harshness of the world we live in. It simply comes to us where we are to bring forth shoots in a world of stumps, giving us the gifts of resilience, persistence, and hope when there is no logical reason why they should appear. The Spirit of God doesn't ask permission. It just plops down into our world, into our lives, to keep this ridiculous vision from Scripture today alive in us. A vision of a world where the poor have enough, where wounds are healed, and violence comes to an end. That was the Spirit's vision to Isaiah, and that is the Spirit's vision with us now. And you've got to admit, when you look at the world, this vision seems pretty pie in the sky, doesn't it? Like, this vision seems too good to be true, impossible for us to achieve, or at the very least, unrealistic. It's not something a serious person would consider as a real possibility. A fool's errand is what this vision seems like. But can I suggest to you that you, all of you gathered here today, actually believe in the truth and the realness of this vision from Scripture more than you think you do? Think about it. Why is it that we try so hard to teach our kids to share and apologize and to show kindness? You who are parents or have a child in your life know the hours of each day you pour into trying to teach the habits of generosity, humility, gratitude, compassion, forgiveness. Why do we devote our time there? Is it because those are the values that make our modern American life run? Is it because we want our kids to be successful and we see those values being rewarded time and time again? Come on! When's the last time you've seen someone get promoted for giving away the profits to the poor? Or seen someone running for office on a platform of apologizing for their faults and forgiving the faults of others? It's a wolf-eat-lamb world out there. And if you want to amount to anything, you better be that wolf or leopard or lion. We know this. We watch it play out every day, on every level of society, playgrounds, offices, family dining room tables, courtrooms, war zones, even churches. Big defeats small, shiny beats real, might makes right. That's how the real world works, we say. But just how real is the real world. Because despite us seeing it every day, something within us just isn't convinced. 
Something in our souls finds the whole thing suspicious. Like maybe even though we watch the wolves eating the lambs every day, it doesn't have to be this way. Like maybe, in fact, it won't always be this way. After all, if we believed it was, we'd be teaching our children to be cutthroat, to amass power, and to intimidate others and wipe out their enemies. But we don't do that. And we don't do it because there's some part of us that is governed by a different vision of the world. You gathered here, you are already doing so many things that just don't compute in the logic of a wolf-eat-lamb world. Why is it that so many of you chose to buy a Christmas gift or adopt a family through the church that you will never meet? Why is it that you take a deep breath rather than unload your anger on someone else or make eye contact with the guy with the sign on the corner or clean up a mess you didn't make? Why is it that you stay close to your loved ones as they make their messy journeys through mental illness, addiction, divorce, grief, choosing to willingly share in pain that does not belong to you? Why is it that you show up to a funeral and proclaim that death actually hasn't won here? Why do you speak up for fairness, knowing that you're going to get pushed back, side with a losing cause because of your integrity? Why is it you address problems you know you can't solve on your own? Joy Miller and I spent Friday morning, which is our day off, trying to figure out how to get a family the help they needed so that their electricity wouldn't get shut off. They needed $60. And we knew that even if we solved their utility issues, their problems were so much deeper than anything we could give. But we still got involved. Why? Because the shoot of God and God's vision is persistently growing in all of us. God's spirit refuses to leave us alone. It pokes and prods at us. It kindles the flame of hope lit in our souls, lit in our souls for a kinder, gentler, more forgiving world. The Spirit is the one alive in us, making us sense that there is something very real about this vision we read from Scripture today. More real than the wolves and lions of the world, and more lasting than our own stumpiness. Advent is a time to make space to rest in this vision to know how the Spirit of the Lord is resting on you, to consider the ways that you are being given the gifts of resilience and persistence and hope. This is a season to get in touch 
with the longing on your heart for a compassionate and equitable world, and then to claim that as the Spirit and the Spirit's presence growing within you. For as we make space to rest in God's vision, it grows within us and changes us, like Chardonnay that picks up a new flavor from resting in its oak barrel. Advent is a time to rest and to let God's vision seep into our bones until our feet are guided into the pathways of peace and the shoot of hope sprouts forth in your soul once more. It's a time to find yourself anchored not to the world that you see, but to this vision of peace that God promises to one day bring in fullness. The wolves and lions and leopards of the world will grind this vision to a stump any chance they get. But they will never squash it completely because God knows what to do with stumps. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on you and on this whole world, and we shall all lie down in peace together. Rest in this promise being made real in you. Amen.